Welcome, welcome, welcome to another amazing episode of JoJo's Empowering Journey. In this episode, we have the incredible privilege of talking with the truly inspiring individual, Alexis Nichelle. Alexis was born in Santa Monica, California, and raised in Hollywood, California, where she grew up on television and film sets as well as in music studios. Her mother, Celeste, Quilly Mitchell worked in um, the film and television industry, working for Dinah Shore in the late 1970s and was Ivan Reitman's executive assistant for years. Alexis's father, Clarence Paul, aka CP, was a Motown songwriter and record producer. He wrote and produced many songs for Stevie Wonder, Wonder's first album. He also came up with Stevie Wonder's last name, Wonder. Alexis herself is an uh, STG AFTRA um, member and has been uh, a red carpet correspondent at the SAG um, Awards, as well as a vocal stand-in for CBS Rockstar INXS. She worked as a set production assistant for the film The McCarthy's Pilot and has two spoken lines in the Richard Gasparin short film private war in march 2022 alexis produced and directed and acted in the sag short film mandela affected without further ado please welcome alexis to the show hello thank you hello and thank you for that fantastic introduction (laughs) thank you appreciate it (laughs) how was your thanksgiving it was it was it was okay. I just I really didn't do much. I really just stayed um um up here with my my partner. We didn't really do much of anything. We didn't go nowhere. We didn't have get any anybody over. I guess like you know I'm starting to become. I guess the older I get, the more um uh the more I don't like to be around a whole lot of people anymore. Yeah, I understand. Especially if you have <laughs> someone, you know, you have a partner that it's, it's easier to to. But you'll get the bug every now and again. You'll want you know, you'll want to have that, that dinner with a bunch of people, maybe not family, but, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> right. you know, but, uh, but yeah, I, I spent the last few years kind of by myself during the holidays and, um, wow. and then this year, my, um, well, we are, a lot of our families on the East coast and stuff like that. And then this year, my aunt is in Africa. So my mom came out and stuffed me like a turkey, which was fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> She brought Great. a lot of good good stuff. And she just came back from France, so she bought me wine and all kinds of stuff. So it was nice. It was really quiet and um everything, but it was it was nice. I just I love stuffing um, and yams. Yeah, and, that's that's and, great. And eggnog. Like I have to There's nothing mom, like a Thanksgiving dinner. Like Thanksgiving dinner is like the best by far, like all year long. Exactly. So I, and eggnog, I'm just like, I'm so glad they don't have it all year long because it totally messes with my, <laughs> you know, it messes with my system and I down it like it's water. Like it's just crazy. So, <laughs> but, but anyway. Alexis, can you tell us about your background growing up as the daughter of Clarence Paul, a filmmaker and an actress? Uh, yeah, actually, my um, my dad was always really into music and that was his first love you know so he was always in the studio or even at home just recording and so I was always around um, really really talented musicians and it was just normal 
you know, for me. And I, I guess um, I would play the piano. That was his instrument, although he taught himself how to play a bunch of instruments. But um, I learned how to kind of play by ear. And so he knew I had perfect pitch, but no one ever really got me involved in music. I had to do it myself as I got older. But I grew up um, in film and television. My mom, I grew up, you know, mainly with my mom. And she worked for the movie. She worked for Ivan Reitman, who directed Twins and Kindergarten Cop and Ghostbusters. And um, so I was lucky. Luckily, I was on the set of those movies. Well, not the first Ghostbusters, but the second one. And um, I got to meet a lot of people and just learn a lot of things. And I really learned the business inside and out. You know, they allowed me to be a production assistant, even though I was just a teenager. And um, I would go around and help all the different departments and just beg them to let me volunteer. I want to learn. And, um, right. You know, and so I've just I've been really fortunate over the years to um, to just be involved with, like I said, a lot of really talented people. And, and it seemed my dad was an A&R at Motown. And it seems like it's just in my blood for really talented musicians that are trying to come up, find me, you know. And, and so a lot of times I think I should be a manager or something like that. But it's just such a grimy business. And um, yeah. I barely, you know, I don't really even like performing. I love singing and I love karaoke and all that stuff. I love to record music, but I'm not like, yeah, performing, eh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like once I get up there and I, I get into it, it's all gravy. But, you know, it's like one of those things it's like going to the gym. I can't think about it. I just have to do it. Kind of right. Right. Yeah. But um, anyway, go ahead. How did your parents' careers influence your own journey? Did they inspire you to pursue a career in the entertainment industry? Well, just knowing that my dad, as I got older and I started to really understand my dad's influence in music and my, my family, my, my, even my um, grandfather and my uncle, um, who my uncle was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for having a, the first ever soul group. And before that, um, before that band or that group came together, that that actually was the uh, Royal Sons Quintet originally, which was a gospel group that my grandfather, my dad, and my uncle were in. And then it morphed into the Five Royals, and they they wrote and performed the song. Uh, this is dedicated to the one I love, and had a major hit out of that. And so, um, you know, my we got him inducted, and now it's my dad's turn. My dad was. Stevie Wonder's mentor and really a father figure to Stevie and, and came up with Wonder as his last name, wrote out a bunch of hits with Stevie and, and a whole bunch of people at Motown and it was really was a legend. Um, and I didn't even really know it. You know, I think the first time I really started to understand it was when I was in school and uh, I think it was like seventh grade and I had a teacher found out who my dad was and, and he, I guess on the side was a musician. And he just couldn't wait, you know, to meet my dad for like a parent teacher night or something like that. <laughs> and, he, you know, he was like so incredibly excited. And I just started to really look into my dad and it was just like, oh, wow, I love that song. He wrote that song. Like, I didn't even know, you know. And, oh, um, right. and, and so I always wanted to sing and I would try to sing like Donna Summer and, you know, and I just I couldn't really hit the notes. Right? I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> And it wasn't until in my 20s, I realized, like, I'm going to really try to pursue this. So I, um, even before then, I started to, to find, like, vocal coaches and whatnot. But I have such a unique voice that I didn't really want to taint that with lessons too much. 
So I started to just go out on my own and find lots of different like rock music and different genres to sing to and uh, start to really learn my voice and, and not be afraid of it. And then I found out also, right. you know, my stage fright was really bad. So that's why I started singing karaoke. And then I realized everybody was so drunk, it didn't matter. They didn't care. It just sounded good. They were yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> they were happy with whatever, you know. And, um, and I, I, the reason I even decided, okay, I can conquer the stage fright is because I found out that my godfather, Marvin Gaye, also mm -hmm. had stage You know, he had really bad stage fright when he first started. He actually would come on the stage with props, like he'd wear a hat, he'd have a cane. He would start off with, like uh, Jim Morrison used to do similar things where he would start off with his back towards the audience, you know, until he like warmed up and got comfortable and stuff. And and uh, and then they wrote, my dad, I think my dad did, was co-writer on this song. Yeah, Hitchhike. They wrote Hitchhike and it came with like a little dance and started a na na nationwide uh, dance craze. And so at that point, he could get on stage and he could actually do the hitchhike, do that little dance. And he just became way more comfortable. And it really kind of helped to end his stage fright. And it just was so amazing to me that someone that is so incredibly talented could mm -hmm. be so incredibly afraid. And I heard the same thing about Orson Welles. And for years, <clears> I mean, you know, even at a seasoned professional, he would have these crazy nervous, like panic attacks right before going on stage. So I guess it just kind of comes with the territory. Right, right. You just kind of have to work your way into it. Yeah, everybody has something, you know. It's like you know, people make things look really easy, but there's always... I mean, I, I was a real big fan of New Kids on the Block when I was a kid. I had no idea that one of the men, or, uh, excuse me, members was having panic attacks before going on stage and having a really hard time. You would never have known, you know. So it's just... Uh, you never right. know what people are going going through. You, know? you never, never know. Right. What are some fond memories that you have of your parents working uh, on film projects or being involved in the acting world? Uh, my first time on a TV set was when I was a kid in the 70s and my mom worked for a, a really famous personality who no one probably even really knows anymore her name was Dinah Shore and she was a lovely woman and there was a really popular tv show uh at that time and um, she had a talk show my mom was her assistant and so she interviewed uh, the star of one of the most popular shows called DJ and the Bear and BJ um, was a you know, handsome young man and his partner the bear they they rode in a truck was a, a chimpanzee and so <laughs> you know they brought this chimpanzee onto the set and i used to help them warm up the tv show before it got started i remember i was like four i was really small but i always joke and i say i think the chimp thought i was his girlfriend because we were the same height and color you know so people <laughs> yeah, some some people laugh some people don't uh, but um but it was, you know he grabbed my hand and he just walked around the set with me all day and i was like the happiest little girl in the world um, and that was my first really uh, experiences on TV show sets, you know, to understand like what it was all about and, and the behind the scenes production and everything like that. And I just, I, I just have always felt comfortable there. That's just, it's home. My mom and my dad met at Marvin Gaye's uh, music studio, you know, so it's like, it's just in my blood to be part of, of all the pizzazz, I think. Right. Um, as an actress and filmmaker yourself, can you share any notable works uh, and experiences in the industry? Oh, definitely. Um, I've done so many different things. It's, um, you know, one of the, my favorite things 
was being a, a vocal stand-in, the privilege of being a vocal stand-in on Rockstar NXS, which was on CBS. And um, I think J.D. Fortune actually won that. But the girl, uh, Unga was her last name, Jordan, I think Jordan Unga, she had dreads and everything. So I was her stand-in. And so, you know, I was at the Mayan Theater, and I told you I had crazy stage fright. So the fact that I heard about this audition and actually sent in three songs, three uh, different NXS songs of me singing, uh, like acapella. You know, I didn't even have a musician behind me or anything. And, uh, and I actually got the job. Like, I didn't even think I could really sing. Yeah. I was just like, well, we'll see. You know, I was like, I, I thought it sounded good, but I wasn't sure if other people were going to like it kind of a thing. And I was terrified. <laughs> and they told me I got, I got it. It was just like, oh my goodness. Wow. And um, the last day that we were working, we were at the Mayan Theater downtown Los Angeles, which is a very historical theater. And uh, mm-hmm. I got to be on stage doing the sound checks while the people were filling in and while they were waiting outside. And it was so loud that everybody outside within a certain radius could hear me. And so it was yeah. like, here you go. You know, you want you want to get over your stage fright? There it is. So that really, <laughs> it, was a, it, it was awesome. It was Just amazing. But then I would, yeah, exactly. You know, my <laughs> voice shook, you know, the first few seconds, my voice just rattled, you know, and, but I got yeah. over it and I did it. And I was really, really proud of myself because I've had really bad experiences where I went on an audition as like an actress. I went on an mm-hmm. audition for a, a, a trailer or something for a Pelham one, Pelham one, two, three, that I don't know, that weird movie with Denzel Washington and, and uh, <laughs> the producer. I was, I did so bad at the audition. Uh, he wanted me to have to show, and I didn't even really have never experienced fear that much to even be able to show it. And it was like one of those on the spot auditions where I had no idea what I was supposed to do. And I just like, I, and I hate auditioning. I hate, I feel like it's judgment day. Like it's such a tough thing for me to get through. So I get in there, yeah. I did a terrible job, terrible job. And he was recording it, which was even worse. Cause now I like, Oh, it's going to definitely come back to haunt me one day. But, um, <laughs> But, you know, he laughed at how poor of a job I did. And it really, I, I honestly think it might be the last audition I ever went on. Like, I just said, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. It didn't feel good. When I left, I, like, screamed because my adrenaline was so high and I felt so violated. Like, it was just... And nerd. So, huh? I bet. Very nervous. Nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just thinking about the videotape and like I was like, I don't like this. So when I did my short film last year, I um mm-hmm. I had hired two actors, this really awesome actor named Sam Lucas Smith, who is um he's been on uh Viking the Vikings and everything. He's been he does a lot of great stuff. He's a great SAG actor. And um I he so I got him and then the girl that I had hired, she actually backed out she never sent me the contract and then 11 p.m before the night before we're supposed to be on set she backs out and i'm like i have eight hours she didn't even yeah she didn't even call me she emailed me and luckily i was online and i saw it you know and it was just like oh my god then it took me like two three hours to even unwind from the reality of if i don't act in this film tomorrow i'm gonna lose ten thousand dollars so it was just like, now I, I haven't gotten any sleep. I've got to be on camera. Like, it was a mess. But because oh, I'm bad. so seasoned at, you know, <laughs> but because yeah. I'm so seasoned at production, 
uh, it wasn't too bad because I kind of like expect things to go haywire. When you have to work with other people, you just never know what they're going to throw at you. You know, right. so um, I was like, okay, that's okay. But the the tragedy was I was supposed to, it was supposed to be my directorial debut, debut, debut. <laughs> and I ended up having to kind of mm. co-direct with my DP because I needed to act and I was trying to set dress and I'm doing everything really. Um, so yeah, yeah. it was just a lot, but it, it turned out well. I liked how it turned out. I liked how we or how I ended it. And um, so it's only nine minutes long. If you get a chance. You can go to my my website, alex.com, A-E-H-L-E-X.com, and uh, check out Mandela Affected. It's about the Mandela Effect. Definitely. We'll look at that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> how do you find balance oh, between you. your personal life and your career in the fast-paced world of filmmaking and acting? Well, you know, it just, it depends on the people around me. So I, I really try to make sure I have positive driven people around me, um, you yeah. know, because it's really hard. Like there are people who are not driven can be jealous. They can try to stand in your way. Oh, yeah. They can do all kinds of things, you know, behind the scenes to block you. And uh, so I just try to keep my circle kind of you know closed I, I try not to be too closed off because i do love making new friends and meeting people but the world is so crazy today that i think yes, like it it's just better to just you know focus on the people that you know are in your your court and that you can trust and be very you know just cautious about accepting new people because you just never know who you're dealing with you know these you days. but um but you know, and that helps because the people that I keep around, they're always very positive, encouraging and supportive. And I find it's like really important to have a, uh, you know, a good support system around. Support you. system. Right. Most definitely. It's very important. And Can also, you share? Go ahead. Oh, uh, and just also just to, you know, keep yourself balanced as far as like diet and exercise. It's sometimes easier said than done, but you do realize how much better you feel when you have proper nutrition and you know, your body is because you've gotten a little cardio or something like that. It keeps your mind good. You know, it's like, if you don't have the proper nutrition and you're, and you're suffering from um, not having the right nutrients or whatever, you can totally start to lose your mind a little bit. So that's right. uh, one way that I definitely make sure just self-care, self-love takes the spiritual baths or whatever, get in there with some Epsom salt from time to time, oh, lock the door for a few hours and just, you know, and get lost. My ex-boyfriend used to hate it. Oh, my ex-boyfriend <laughs> used to hate it because I would go in there, I lock the door, honey, and you don't hear from me for hours. <laughs> like, are you okay in there? I am fine. <laughs> like, okay, I am fine. But he, it was funny too because at first he was too macho to take a bath, and then I finally convinced him to start taking baths, and we would fight over the bathtub. It was hysterical to me. But uh, but it's really yeah, it it really does make a big difference. Just breathing, simple things, you know, meditation right. and um, finding a good a good hobby too. And just um, I don't, I I feel like if I as far as like a personal life and everything, I'm not dealing with anyone that is playing any kind of games. If you you know if you're not grown up enough to be ready to be in a, a relationship with one person, be honest. I don't have no time for it. Exactly. Like the older that I've gotten, my, you know, my cutoff game has gotten super strong. And I realized 
that it's a lot of times guys have been the total destruction of my past. Like it's time and time again, you know, it's like sometimes they're uplifting and everything, but I realize like, yeah, relationships, you gotta be real careful who you get involved with. You do. So I just, uh, yeah. But, uh, and then if you make a mistake, just, you know, try to, try to back out gracefully (laughs) um, of of situations (laughs) it it can be difficult thankfully I found someone that you know I'm happy with you know just been in recently been in a relationship well about I'm gonna say about going on three months so it's and and I'm happy with it you know uh, we're already kind of moved in together and everything and you know, I don't know. Like, I'm just happy with them every day. So it's like, nah, I don't even have to, <laughs> you know, so I, it's, it's That's different. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's different than any, I've, anybody I've ever been with, you know, and I can really, you know, he just makes me feel really good, you know, about myself and, and, and everything. So I feel good about this one. That's see, that's cool. Yeah. And you don't want to, you don't want to ignore red flags when it comes to human beings, you know, because, a lot of times, you you might be like me, where I just really love to see the good in everyone, even though they display nothing but evil characteristics right. day after day. And you know, so it's like you gotta really pay attention to the red flags. But if you you know, if things are good, and then also don't pick people apart either. We're human beings; we're not perfect. You know. Right. Can you share any valuable lessons or advice that you learned from your own experiences in the world? Um, definitely. I mean, there's so many, uh, I'm trying to think, I can think on the fly. <laughs> um, I think that being, you know, my experience has been tolerance, like, you know, just especially being in America and being around so many different people with so many different opinions and so many different cultural differences and religious beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. I just really, I feel that being being able to be tolerant of those who I disagree with um, or even just don't like um, and mm-hmm. being respectful of those people and still hearing them out and stuff like that has really helped me to um, just like be seen by people as a really like, you know, genuine person. Like I, you know, I could be, they know I can be kind of tough, but they mm-hmm. also know that I have a really good heart, you know, and really good intentions. Like, I will help you if you need it. I don't care who you are or what you've done kind of a thing. Like that's the person that I've kind of um, really kind of always been, but really have always wanted to be and become as I've gone through my life. And I realized that tolerance of others and their wackiness and also just being able to walk away from, you know, really wacky situations and people and um yeah. without like you know being too like feeling like guilty or or making it like into a difficult thing like just really not being involved in that kind of stuff um anymore but yeah but yeah. but being tolerant because there's just a lot there's you know even with my neighbors i had neighbors that just had dogs that would bark incessantly and that's you know, hard like, they would <laughs> You know, it's really, really hard just doing all kinds of stuff like the, you know, the dog's on a 10 foot chain, you're out of town, it's raining like crazy, like the the dog can't even get to its bowl, you know, and, and it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to kidnap this dog. I'm not going to kidnap this dog because I wouldn't want anyone doing that to me. So, but I'm going to have to go through the proper channels. I'll have to be tolerant of the fact that this is how these people are dealing with the situation. And, you know, yeah. it's like, I have to figure out how to deal with it in a legal and a, in a peaceful way. 
because I went over to their house and, and they tried to get in a physical altercation with me. And it's just like, you know, getting into that's not going to help the dog. So I just and I was young, too, when that kind of stuff was going on. And I really I was proud of myself. I went to um, the shelter the authorities. They had a mediator with the sheriff and, and they had a year or they had, uh, you know, gave them time to change their ways. Otherwise, they, their animals would be taken away and they couldn't have any for a year and stuff. And and that wasn't on me. That was the law. That was the sheriff. So I didn't have them retaliating against my home or, you know, it's like neighbor disputes. So I just it was hard. It was hard to be tolerant of someone not treating, you know, a puppy well. But um, right. but I did the right thing. It took, you know what I'm saying? It took time. And that's just an example of like what I'm trying to, you know. Yeah. Say about that, but that's really, that's really helped me a lot. Um, living, living life, and I've traveled a lot to, you know, to other other places, and just being respectful, like you know, maybe I'll be wearing some jewelry or something that mm-hmm. maybe is not, you know, no, normally in America. I'm like, I'm not taking my jewelry off, you know. But then if I go to another country, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna be respectful and tolerant okay. of their ways, and you know, right, right. Um, what inspires you creatively? Are there any particular themes or messages you like to explore in your work? I do. I like to, I try to explore like bright, happy, <laughs> like most of the time I like to come up with really like interesting, like it depends on what kind of work, if it's my artwork or my filmmaking with my writing and stuff. I really like to to go, I like science fiction and stuff like that. So I like mystery. I like to take people into places they don't know, normally go. Um, and, uh, you know, make people think about things in a different way. Just open people's minds or their, their eyes to just different, you know, reality. Or just see, to see reality in a different way. So that's, that's one of the things I really enjoy doing. And I, I think I really did accomplish that with Mandela Effect. Do you know anything about the Mandela Effect? I don't. I've never seen it. I never. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never. But I mean, uh, what is what's that about? Okay, so basically, there. I think it was in the 2008, 2009. Um, all of a sudden, there's all this chatter on the Internet about a lot of people were starting to remember, or I guess they have, uh, something was going on with Nelson Mandela. And a lot of people start chattering about the fact that they remembered Nelson Mandela dying in the 1980s. But he didn't actually die because he was alive and he was president of South Africa, you know? So Uh it was just weird that thousands of people had the same memory. And then they, everyone started kind of looking in a lot of different things and started to realize there was a lot of these kind of Nelson Mandela, you know, blips um, throughout history. Things that we thought were one way, all of a sudden they're saying we're not. There was a lot of car logos um, that right. had changed in, in crazy ways. And you call the companies and you say, when did you guys change the logo? And they're like, we never changed it. It's always been the same. And then you mm-hmm. go and look into the history, into pictures, and you'll see that throughout time, it's been the same. But then every now and again, you'll find the logo the way you you remember it. Like, you'll find, like, out of 100 pictures, you'll find three pictures that are completely different than the rest. So it's just a lot of people start noticing stuff like that. And I noticed it with the uh, Rodin statue and also, mm-hmm. like, um, Looney Tunes. Uh, <laughs> 
yeah the the looney tunes logo what is it what is oh my gosh i have to look again um, <laughs> that's so cool that's inter- so interesting because see i didn't oh, know right. I didn't yeah know looney tunes oh yeah because looney tunes when i grew up looney tunes was spelled t-o-o-n-s and now it's spelled T-U-N-E-S, which is just weird. And a lot of us are like, oh, no, hell no, because I watch that every Saturday morning. I remember. And it doesn't make any sense. That's the other thing about the changes. And people are say you can't really call them changes because they're actually differences since they've always been that way in this reality. So yeah. for me, I grew up, you know, saying Looney Tunes, which makes sense because they were crazy cartoons. They weren't crazy music. Right, not, you know, tea, you know, so it's just like, and that, and it's just like with fruit, fruit loops too. Fruit used to actually be spelled properly, F R U I T, and now it's spelled F R O O T. You know, it just there's a yeah. whole bunch of weird, weird things like that. So I went the first couple of weeks. I started researching this stuff. I found like sixty different topics, um, songs, and all kinds of song lyrics and all kinds of stuff that were changed that you know, like just didn't make any sense. So. That's the right. Mandela effect. If you want to, if you want to dive into that rabbit hole, I, I should apologize to you now for even mentioning it. Uh, <laughs> if you never, <laughs> because it will, you know, it's like I, I have, and it's funny because when I sent the movie to people, I didn't get responses back, and I thought, you know, that's so rude. Like, like nobody, I couldn't get, <laughs> like, I can't get nothing. And then I I will actually contact people and then they would all kind of say the same thing. They're like, oh man, you know what? I'm so sorry. I ended up like on, I was on one for like a week on that whole topic. Like, <laughs> it was like, I totally like more people's minds. Like they're too busy trying to figure it out to get back to me. They're not even thinking about me. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, um, that's something interesting that people are trying to figure out, you know, are we in some kind of computer simulation? Um, I don't want to spoil it for you. So I'm not going to talk about the statue because I want you to go check out my little nine minute movie. And it, it talks about that um, in, in the movie. I am definitely going to check that out. Cause that's interesting to me. Cause like I said, I didn't even know who that was. So, you know, um, I guess see, I'm 29 years old. So, okay. I, you know, um, I guess, um, I guess I'm still notes. I know it's like, just like Stevie Wonder. I know who that is. And as far as Clarence Paul, that sounds very familiar. Like I've heard it, you know, a, a time or two. Um, That's cool. But in general, like, you know, um, I know, of course, I know who Stevie Wonder is. Um, and I know who Marvin Gaye is. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's and it's so cool to like learn about like new people, like, you know, people from the back back of that at that time you know and i was talking to my mom and telling her that you were you know you were gonna be on my show and that you know and of course she knows who all these people are so you know she's That's just awesome. <laughs> so she's telling me she's like you know like yeah this this is what the, you know they wrote they had this song and this song and i'm like okay mom you know because you had it <laughs> <laughs> so, so i guess i'm so still so young so it's like you know but i love i loved your story for sure and and um that's pretty awesome. You know, here on uh, at Jojo's Empowering Journey, I I had this podcast, you know, I, I decided to build a podcast that would, you know, try to inspire other, others. You know, I'm transgender and um, I've, I've gone through a lot of struggles, you know, a lot of a lot of battles, a lot of struggles, not just being transgender, but drug addiction, um, 
also, you know, um, prostitution, all those good things are bad things. <laughs> uh, I've been down that, that I've been down that road, and I like I, you know, I want to inspire other people, you know, and tell them that no matter what's going on in their life, you know, whether you know whatever obstacle they're going through, no matter what it is, you know, um, from all walks of life, you know that, you know, you can change and you can get better, and there's there's always there's always um, a chance to, you know, change, you know, if you, if you really want it bad enough, then you, you'll do it, you know, and not just Amen. that, but I love, and, and I love hearing everyone's stories and how, you know, they, they, um, you know, it's, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to hear stories from other people, you know, how they, how they made it out there just, just in general, because everything's an obstacle. We go through obstacles. Everyone goes through them, you know, and oh, definitely. So, so it's hard. De- you know, it's hard. De- de- definitely. Cause I was, I've, I've had, um, a great life and, and I've had difficulties. I've been homeless where I've, I always had a car though, you know, so I've lived in my car, out of my car, couch surf, but I, you know, I also had a stillborn, um, about eight years ago. I was in a relationship that could be considered abusive, although I'm not mm-hmm. the easiest person to abuse. <laughs> um, okay. but you know, it was, um, it was just tragic because I'm just having like, you know, just having to physically defend yeah. myself. And um, I lost a tooth, you know, so I'm still a snaggle tooth right now because of it. It's just like a daily reminder of what I went through wow. with this individual. I'm so you know, and it's okay. It's 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 cool. It's like you know, I'm still beautiful. It's all good. I have hey. um, I got exactly. I, I got a fake one if I really want. <laughs> I got a fake one. I could pop in there if I really want to, but uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it's it is what it is. But it's just like. It, it made me really, it made me a lot stronger, but it also kind of closed off my heart for a while. So I had to get through that because it was just like, you know, I was really good to this person. Like I, a lot of the people that I've been really good to have turned on me to some degree um, yeah. for whatever reasons, you know, whatever insecurities and adequacies they have. Once I started shining brighter and, and really kind of doing all the things I've talked about for years that I was going to do and, and accomplish, the people around me weren't as happy for me as I thought they would be. And that was yeah. kind of shocking. Cause it's, know, it's always about, uh, it becomes a jealousy issue, you know, I, you know, after a while, you know, it just, it's crazy how people really work, you know, it's like they, they see you doing good and they, they want to just, um, clown you for it or just be so mad or, or angry and, and jealous over it, you know, and, and there's no need to be like that, you know what I mean? And, but that's how, the, that's yeah. how people work in this world, you know, and it's, it's crazy. Like it really is. And, you know, but man, you've been through it. You've been through a lot. So, you know what I'm talking about, you know what I mean? And just for you to be so, you know, and you're, you're writing, you're, you're, you're a filmmaker, you're doing all these things, these positive things, you know, and you know, that just goes to show you that even when, when times are tough and you go through these obstacles in life that, you can overcome them. You know what I mean? It doesn't, if you really set your mindset and you, you know what I mean? You can overcome them. And, and I love your story. I really do. That's the truth. It's like, and that's what I was talking with someone about yesterday. It's like, and my mom actually, you know, you got to have hope. You always have to have hope. Because sometimes hope is all you have, you know, but it's like, yeah. it will definitely keep you going. Hope and faith in the fact that, you know, what goes up must come down. Things mm-hmm. can always turn around. You For know, sure. it's just um, a part of the ebb and flow of life. And you have so much power to make changes, you know, and it's just like if there's if, if the environment you, you're in is really depressing you, then it might be time to change that environment, you know, and also sometimes mm-hmm. it just means it's time to like go and volunteer your time for someone who needs something because that can uplift you in ways 
you can't even imagine and it can also yeah. create connections that you never thought you would you have, have you know have, right I mean, it uh, makes you feel good. It makes you feel good to do good things for people. You know, for people. You know, it really does. It makes you feel good about yourself to help people that are that that really could need you. You know, you could. I mean, just just um, giving your time to someone. You know, you could save their life. You know, you never know. So it's it's very it's very true. It's very true. I mean, I've I've had so many just weird instances that I think about where I you know I really did help people um i had one guy get into a rehab and he's been it's been over 10 years and he's been off of drugs ever since and i was going to say congratulations for you know making that transition because that's that could be a very tough one you know, and that was the problem with my ex is that he was just on who knows how many drugs all the time so i didn't even really ever get to know that person you know um yeah. and you can just see and it's really hard if that person isn't wanting to do it you can't do it for them you can <laughs> try to you know lead a horse to water kind of a thing um, right i still face problems with my you know the my addiction i still face a lot of you know i still face problems with me and I, you know so i can't say that i you know i don't because I, there's times whenever it's just you know there are a lot of times where it's just like man i know this is not this is it's not good for me to go to that it's not good for me to go to that but you know what i'm saying so it's kind of a you know battling the a drug addiction can be can be pretty pretty challenging oh I, trust me i understand and you know it's just always like every day that you're sober you're it's still it's like a tobacco you know because i took the last year and a half off of smoking tobacco and then i went back to it for a few months because i couldn't go number two i was having a problem my body was like what are you doing um but um but i you know it's 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 just interesting because for the whole year and a half like i can easily just stop smoking tobacco i don't really like to smoke actual cigarettes you know i, I like if i smoke tobacco i like to mix it with my marijuana and stuff like that because i went to school in europe and i picked up that habit there um, oh, but, see, um I, I love to smoke i'm not i couldn't even say that i used to love to smoke a lot i don't smoke weed as much now but i don't see nothing wrong with it but you know um i mean i i mean I would definitely um, smoke it if it wouldn't give me so much anxiety. Because sometimes I think that's <laughs> what people need. Sometimes that's what people need, you know? I know, but I know what you mean. Like, the older I get, the less I can even deal with it. I'm like, I don't even think I like this anymore. Yeah, you start feeling, like, really, <laughs> like, anxious. <laughs> and it's, it's like, I don't this is not what I'm I'm going for here. But, you I'll know, the, the thing... That are crazy. Yeah, I'll be sitting there just like freaking myself out. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, paranoid is like, this is not cool. <laughs> so, you know, but that's a good thing because it, it makes it easier to be like, no, thank you. But for me, it was right. the tobacco, you know, more than anything was because even though I was cool and not smoking and I wasn't smoking day after day, I still was craving it. Like, I, you know, it was just the craving, it would get a little bit less, but it was still there. And it was just right. like, you know, I think after like maybe two, three years, it it might actually be better, you know, a lot, lot better, but um, it's just amazing. So for with drugs, um, I can imagine that it's like that, but it might not ever go completely away or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you're always going to have that, right. you know, and we, you know, you know as an addict you know we 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 tend to relapse multiple times sometimes and we do certain you know like we got to tell ourselves you know like um you know we know that this is not good for us we know that it's not you know that it's it's going to destroy your life and it's going to put you in a, a spot where you know what i'm saying you can't get out of because it takes everything away from you and you start doing these things and you start noticing that you start lo losing everything little by little you know and then then it becomes like uh, you start losing it more in masses you know so it's kind of like 
um, it's it's a really hard thing to go through, you know. And when you start to look back and you start to you're and you start to say, man, like I've lost everything. I have nobody for the here for me no more because nobody trusts me. And you know all these right. things that go through your mind. And and you know what I mean. You're like, man, what what did I do? Where where did I go wrong? You know. And you know we all and and it's too late. By that time, it's too late, and you already like lost everything. And then you got to start from ground up, you know. So. Yeah, or it can be worse, you know, it's like a lot of times, like with my ex, he had gotten so many passes from this horrific behavior because of his drug issues or, you know, and also exaggerated mental issues, Um, you know, and it's just like, I feel he got lucky in the sense that he and maybe he has, I haven't spoken to him, maybe he will, I don't know, but um, end up in prison for going crazy and doing something that you're not going to be able to get out of, you know, um, you know, it's just, and then waking up sober going, damn, what, what did I do? You know, that's for me, that's always the saddest reality for a lot of people that do crimes on drugs. It's like, you know, it's like, that's something you normally would not have ever done. And now you're like stuck, you know? Oh, I've been, I've been there for for sure too. Uh, You know, I think four years or, you know, close to four years in prison. So I know, you know, I've definitely, yeah. So I know, I definitely can, can relate to that. And, and you, you know, know what I'm like, talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doing things that you're just like, man. And then you're just like, you know, prison's not even worth it. Cause you're, you're sitting in there and you're like, man, why did, what did I do this? You know, like, you know, and I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. You know what I'm saying? And for me to go from that lifestyle of doing, committing all these crimes and doing all these crazy things, which, you know, a lot of people don't see that in me, but you know, I used to be one of those people. You know, high fee chases. I've I've been through the whole <laughs> entire job. <laughs> you know, I've, I've oh, been no. there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. so, you know, so going from that to just really calming myself down and really just trying to, you know, it's definitely a dramatic change. And you know, it's crazy. It's like I don't even have the intentions to want to do any of those things anymore. You know. Okay. Um, and it's like, there's no triggers to that either. You know, I don't really think that I have triggers or anything. I guess the older I get, the more mature I become, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mature more and more as I grow, you know, and I, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm starting to feel this now, you know, because, you know, and in, in my, in my family, it seems like people don't, don't realize that. So like way later on in life until they're like 40 something, 50 something, you know, but I'm glad that I'm starting to see that young now, you know, instead of older, you know, so yeah, I have a yeah. chance to fix it. That's what I was going to say, too, is luckily, as you get older, you notice a lot of people who were previously drug addicts have been able to completely stop for the rest of their lives. Once they get to a certain age, it gets easier, I think, when you get just too damn tired. Like, you just don't have the energy, you know? No, I mean, get tired. A lot of people get tired. Yeah, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of work. It's hard work to be a drug addict, you know. It's like <laughs> you know what I mean, honestly, you know, and it really um, a lot of but, staying up at night and all these things, you know, for look, sure. Oh, the money thing for more drugs. I mean, it's just it's it's exhausting, and then having to deal with people in that life, and I mean, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of um danger too, you know. It's it's not it's not necessarily a fun lifestyle um you just get hooked in 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 the loop and you know and uh so um what was i gonna say oh gosh i i forgot but it'll come back to me my dogs are like oh you're excited can i come talk to you (laughs) (laughs) distracted me sorry about that but yeah but um yeah but but uh anyway so i i commend you 
because, oh, and I, that was the other thing I was going to say. Uh, you know, luckily our brain chemistry, I believe it changes every five years or so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it'll be complete. That's the good news. So if you, you know, can stay on that same path that you're on now, then maybe you can just rewrite your, your entire chemistry and, um, you know, sooner than later, like you said. So I have hope you sound like, you know, if you've already been through prison, that's usually a good reminder, you know, every time you start sit down somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, to talk to somebody, like, don't be afraid to reach out to someone and get help. I, I think they need to have, I don't know, maybe they do have, um, like, a, you know, they just came out with the 988 suicide line, uh, the number 988 to call. Um, they need something like that for, you know, people that are like the uh, AA, if you don't have a sponsor, you know, I don't know if they have something like that, but you need to definitely like, you know, just make sure you talk. Don't ever be afraid to talk to people about what's going on. Just choose the right okay. person. For sure. For sure. So Alexis, can you discuss any upcoming projects or goals that you have for the future? I want to make a Mandela affected movie, like a feature length. And I also, I have a couple of different scripts. So I would really love to get back into production but i've got to find somebody to finance it because this one's going to cost a lot more money <laughs> and i oh, honestly yeah. don't want to pay for it yeah i don't want to pay for it myself so i'm just like trying to um right now i'm i'm focusing on getting all i usually like write the scripts in my head before i actually put them on paper it's like it's usually finished in my head by the time i actually go to write them down um, mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I've been doing and I'm trying to focus on like three different ones right now. <laughs> so, um, that that's going on in the background. I've started doing AI artwork as a hobby. I really, really enjoy doing it. Um, I love just the creativity of, of just coming up with different things and, um, and just sharing the beauty with other people. I've been kind of doing, I usually have started off doing really bright, colorful stuff and it's gotten a little dark lately, but it'll be all right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at all of them. I was like, oh, I'm in a dark phase right now, you know, but it's cool. Um, uh, you know, it'll switch up. But then I'm also uh, learning different languages. Like I, I learned French and Spanish when I was younger and I went oh, to yeah, school. I went back to school in the middle of all the hell that I was dealing with, with the abusive situation. Um, right. I actually was trying to go back to school and I learned American sign language or started learning it. I've got the basics down really well. Cause I learned ASL one twice. Cause I felt like I didn't do a good enough job the first time. So I went back to redo it. And uh, so I, I got those languages and now I'm learning uh, German and Arabic using that duo lingo app. And I, I can't believe I didn't, I honestly didn't think I started trying Russian and Japanese too, just to see if I could do it. And I was super surprised because I never thought that I would ever be able to figure any of that out. And I, and it, the app makes it really easy, actually. Well, I mean, if you have, you know, a certain level of intelligence, I guess, because there are some things that you have to kind of figure out on your own. Um, <laughs> but, my, you know, I've, I've directed a lot of people to it and they're just loving it. My mom had wanted to learn French for the longest time and had tried all kinds of things. And now she's finally doing it. And like I said, she just got back from France and she was talking to people and she was so excited. So, wow. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to learn a language, try that app. It's really a good app. What is it called again? Duolingo. D-U-O. -D Duo. Yeah. D-U-O-L-I-N-G-O. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> please, please do. 
For sure. So anyway, a- what are your goals? What are you what are you up to? It's awesome that you got a podcast going. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a definite commitment, you know. Yes. Well, I mean, I've worked really hard. I've been trying uh, to try to put it together and, and it's it's definitely been a challenge, you know, uh, doing it by myself. But I've I've actually made it pretty, you know, I'm getting bigger. Um, I had um, I had Keeping It Real with Kim. Uh, well, she's a TV show host to Keeping It Real with Kim. Dr. Kimberly Boynton. She is a, a psych uh, doctor as well. And she's an executive producer to the, uh, a newest movie coming out called Clowny. It's an, a horror film. Um, she's also, like I said, the, um, a host. And she also is the writer and publisher of Energy Magazine over there in California. Um, so, so um, I had her on my show recently. And it I opened up. I heard it. Yeah, I listened to that show. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, so it, I mean, it opened up a, a, a lot of opportunities for me. I'll be going to, um, actually, I'll be heading to California in uh, February 23rd to the 25th. I'll be a guest speaker at the summit they have down there um, nice. in Long Beach, Long Beach, California. I live in Texas, so, um, oh, okay. but yeah, I'll be coming out there uh, around that time to be a guest speaker on uh, anti-bullying. Uh, so also, you know, I have uh, upcoming uh, on December the 4th, um, I will have Sean Cannon from The Bold and the Beautiful and The Young and the Restless on my uh, podcast. So that, I mean, all those things. Uh, and he also played in Karate Kid and uh, several other movies. So he's going to be on my sh- my uh, podcast on the- December the 4th. So that's something um, exciting as well to be, um, you know, to um, just get introduced into the that, that world because... You know, um, I never thought that I would get where I'm I'm getting now. So it's it's kind of growing and I, I'm so thankful for that. And I'm hoping that it blows up and I'm hoping that, you know, that I, I get somewhere with it. Well, honestly, I think you're going to do well. You know, just keep going with it. Uh, it's really, you know, you're a good um, host and interviewer. And uh, thank you. You know, so it's just it's. It's just one of those things where you just got to keep trucking, you know? It's hard. I mean, no, you'll have your downfalls for sure. Like I have mine, like there's times when I'll be like, oh, well, I'm I'm not getting numbers or, you know, and then as time goes by, then I start to see the numbers like grow and I'm like, okay, well, you know, now it's starting to, you know, boom, but it's taken me a while, you know, to get there. And, you know, at first I was very inconsistent and I, I wasn't as consistent as I am now, but I mean, it took me a while to get to that point where I was like, okay, well, you know, I have to make sure that I'm on time with this. I've got to, when I say I'm going to produce my, or do my shows that I got to make sure I have that done, you know, instead of just lacking, you know, and and it's something new to be just, you know, to have that schedule and kind of keep it going, but it keeps me busy and it keeps me, um, you know, focus on something positive. And, and that's what I like about it. And you get to make new friends. You know? And yeah, to make, make new friends. I have a new show coming out soon. Um, I would love for you to be a part of it. It's actually a video podcast. It's called The Jojo Perspective. Okay. So um, I would love for you to be a part of that um, as well, if, you, if you're interested, um, for sure. And, and that's, oh, sure. I think that's, I think that's going to build a lot of um, opportunities as well. Because, you know, I was like, well, oh, you know, audio podcasting is good, but, you know, video podcasting could be probably better and it's probably going to open up more doors. So, you know, why not, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. People like to, that's one of my biggest issues is I'm like hiding 
you know, it's like I, I hardly ever put my photo or video out of me. <laughs> and that's what people really like, I realize, with social media. They want to see you, you know. Yes, and um, I don't like that either. I have it. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm the same exact way. And that's why I have an audio podcast and not a video one. But now I'm deciding, hey, like, you know, I see everyone else doing it. And on these other shows that um, people have asked me to be a part of, you know, they're all video podcasts. And then I'm like, I don't even want to get on the camera because I'm like, I get so nervous and shows. Shy. I know. I'm like, I need lighting, makeup. I mean, this is a lot of work with us. <laughs> um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be that serious. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I'm thinking about starting my podcast again now that, you know, I'm, I, I have a lot more people to interview because before during the band uh the pandemic i had no idea how to find people uh so it's just like me i think i might have had one other person on the whole time that i was doing it and uh you know it's it's i love it because I, I love to talk and i love to talk to people new people and stuff too but really i do you know i want to actually have like my own talk show at some point so um i have to just, that's my you know, plan I, yeah i have to get over the camera thing and that's what i was going to say about the acting is like i end up acting in my own movie which is cool because i have natural acting ability but i don't normally act so i don't practice or anything you know i had to jump into this role and i felt like i was being outed as an actress like i hide that fact that i have natural acting ability <laughs> I like, you know i like to work on tv shows as a production assistant or as a stand-in or you know, something, even an extra, I'm happy just in the background. So it was just kind of funny, but, um, but it, but it worked out. It put, you know, sometimes life just pushes you out of your comfort zone and it ends up being a really good thing. You know, sometimes yeah, you, just yeah. to, you just have to go with the, the flow of it. But yeah, so the whole, I just feel like if I was going to be on TV, it should have been 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know about this anymore, but it's going to be all right. You know, you just get, you get over it. I mean, you just really like, you just, you just have to just be like, well, this is what I look like. Um, I have to deal with it every day. You can too. No, <laughs> but everyone says, everyone says I'm very photogenic and I heard that you're beautiful um because i like i said i did listen to that that one in particular show which is funny um that <laughs> mentioned that show and uh and as he had said that you put us uh, all to shame so <laughs> oh so yeah I, remember yeah 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 i do she always she was uh, she had she had commented on it and was telling me that yeah she's you know i i, I try you know really hard i love uh, you know um I love trying to embrace myself, you know, and being being who I am. And, you know, like for a long time, I I, I dealt with, I guess, um, you know, accepting myself and like growing up around, you know, my uncle who raised me for a lot, a little bit growing up and he was a pastor of a church and, you know, having to really just, um, you know, I, which I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer in God, but, you know, and that's, that's, that's in first and foremost, but, um, you know, we all go through struggles and nobody's perfect. And you know what I'm saying? Like the story, you know, I'm not trying to get to all religious, but like the story of, of Paul and the thorn on his side, you know, like, um, you know, we all have this something that we might struggle with. I don't know why I was the way that I am, but I, I'm just, I am. And I just have, I just embrace it. Yeah. I, well, you know, that's, that's the most important thing is to love yourself. And, you know, just and in, in, because there's going to be a lot of people that don't like you for whatever reason or no good reason. 
And you can't mm-hmm. let that, you know, as long as you have self-love um, and, and if you believe in a higher power and you know that higher power loves you, that's pretty much all you need to get through life um, without being completely like depressed and down, you know, because right. people around you, just can't, you, know. you can't let it beat you up. And then, you know, you just have to embrace it and you have to just go for it. And then once you do and you start, you start becoming more you know, um, confident in yourself, then that's when you're like, man, I'm pretty, like, I look good. Like I I feel, I feel good. I feel good about myself, you know, but I haven't always felt that way. So it, you know, it's just like until, you know, now, and and there's still times when I I have my flaws and I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe I should try, you know, doing something a little different or, you know, to make this look, to make me look a little bit better or this, that, you know, and that's, that's what I would, I will, I would try to, you know, I would strive for, you know, um, because we all have our insecurities and that's, that's for sure. Um, you know, yeah, but like the funniest thing is that the people, the, the one person that ends up really truly loving you doesn't care about any of that. That's the funniest part. You know, it's just like, it's like we're doing we're concerned about a lot of that for ourselves. I mean, when you really find someone, they, they love all that stuff, but it gets to a point when you're with someone, you don't even see that kind of stuff anymore. You see the person like they're the inside. For who they are, they look like all the time. Exactly. I've dated some guys that were not very attractive, but I really like those guys. <laughs> it's like they had, they had other qualities, you know. Looks don't always matter in, in a sense, you know, like they don't always matter, um, you know, and it took me a long time to realize that myself because I used to try to go for the sexiest ones or whatever. And then, you know, they would just, it'd be, you'd get treated like, sh- like crap, you yeah. know? So, yeah. you know, and then it'd be like, you know, well, you know, because they're so, uh, they take pride in themselves so much that it's like, they, um, they have no respect for you and they have no, because, and then they're constantly wanting to down you for something. And, and it's not, um, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not, um, it's not attractive, you know what I mean? So it's, it makes them really ugly of a person in general, you know? So just cause you oh, might look good or think you do, that doesn't mean that your attitude doesn't turn you into an, an ugly person, you know? So <clears throat> you can have the best that, features and best looks and still be ugly. That's the trap <laughs> with those kind. you know, it's like, I always like am attracted to those like super handsome model type, <laughs> you yeah. know? And it's like every now and again, you'll find one who's actually down to earth. But for the most part, you know, there's, there's a lot of times they're actually really insecure and that's why they behave the way they do. They get a lot of attention, um, but yet and still they don't feel like they deserve it on some level. You know, people have a lot of different things going on. So they, they mistreat the people around them because they don't feel a lot. Sometimes they might not feel like they're good enough for you and their behavior seems like it's a complete obvious, you know, human psychology is really interesting. So I just, yeah, um, you know, but yeah, if it, anyone, you don't want to be around anyone that is not treating you like the king or queen that you are, you know, um, because sure. that's just, it's just not, it's just not healthy and it's not, it's not right. We're all somebody's queen, somebody's king. We're, we're all, you know, some, and on, some, on a pedestal to someone. Yeah. And you right. just find that person. Don't stick with people that or calling you names or anything like that. That's not, it's not okay. So, Most yeah. definitely. Alexis, as a guest on JoJo's Empowering Journey, uh, what message or insights like, would you like to share with, uh, with our audience? I think that, um, you know, you, life is 
it can be really um right now as there's so much going on it's like people can really lose hope in humanity and and whatnot but i think that you just have to remember that you know tomorrow is not guaranteed so we have to make the best out of every moment that we have with the people that we love because you never know when someone's going to be taken from you so you know we've lost so many people and we forget what's really important and i just keep reminding people i keep hearing like all these people are losing everything in fires and floods and you know, or they'll be on their deathbed. And the only thing that seems to really matter is the fact that we had people we loved in our lives, or, or we have our family, our health, our, our life, our loved ones, all these things that we protect and think are so important aren't really important. You know, so it's like, yeah. I had, it, yeah, I had experience. Uh, my uh, nephew's mom had called me to come and, and help her babysit his kids and stuff. And I couldn't because I had to work. And it's like she ended up uh, falling off a balcony, you know, and that's like, I didn't, I could have just said, you know, maybe I never get to spend time with them. Maybe I won't do go to work. I'll call in and I'll go spend time with them. You know what I'm saying? That would have been maybe a better option. She might still have died, but I would have spent time with her beforehand. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just like, sometimes we have to just like realize that the people in our lives are more important than some of the other things going on that's all that's what i would really like to do i like that i like that <laughs> very good very true how do you use your platform and influence to empower others particularly aspiring filmmakers and actors well i have um right now <laughs> my god um i have a mystic eye i actually do like oracle readings and tarot and stuff like that i haven't been doing too much tarot i've been really in uh loving my oracle cards and stuff like that but on that page i i try to even on my tiktok i try to like post things that i find that are really like fascinating like i said now get your mind going or just you know interesting facts that people don't know a lot of it is um spiritually like how to help people move on and and how to um progress through hard times uh, in your life, spiritual battles. Come on, you guys, cut it out, please. Spiritual battles that you might have. Um, you know, just like some people don't, a lot of times people don't realize that there are people in your life that are blessing blockers. Like you have to actually remove yourself. Like you have to stop communicating with that person altogether because that person is blocking your blessing. So if you're sitting there okay. struggling, wondering why, you're not getting because God's like, or the universe is like, well, I don't want you sharing that blessing with that person. And if, if you have that yeah. person around, you're definitely going to share that blessing. So you're not getting <laughs> in, you know, it's like, it's, and people don't even realize that kind of thing might have been going on in their lives. So I feel like I help, you know, inspire um, people to make positive changes um, with the, with what, you know, and just whatever, like whatever I've learned um, about spirituality. And everything I try to post, especially if it comes to my mind. I get a lot of channeled messages and stuff too. Uh, so nice. I like to share that with, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I had a YouTube channel, but it's a lot of work and people are ungrateful. So I, I like, I really like doing my Insta <laughs> reading. It comes, you know, it's true. It's a lot. And, um, and out here I'm in the desert. I'm off grid. So I don't have like a landline. So it's like, it can take forever <laughs> to upload videos, you know. I tried so hard myself, and it's like you know, it's hard to get 
you know, follows. And it's not, it's, it seems that about 90% is what I, what I saw with like 90% of the people that have a YouTube channel or, or did, they're not, uh, they end up just leaving it alone because they don't feel like it's, it's going to be successful. And that's how I feel, you know, as well. So I'm like, uh, well, maybe, maybe YouTube's not for me right now. So <laughs> Oh, yeah. See, that's that's how I feel. I'm like, you know, but I, I'm glad I got the channel and the name. And, you know, it's like uh, I also feel there's sometimes, block. you know, you're being you're just being blocked by, I don't know, whoever the powers that be. Maybe if you're too good at what you do, they might not <laughs> they not they might not want to help you out. But I think that as soon as you become famous, all that stuff goes out the window. And if you're supposed to be in the spotlight, the universe, God will light a path for you and it'll happen like no one can do anything about that so sometimes it's just not time and uh you know so i just feel like yeah just keep going i i i try to maintain it you know at least maybe once a month or something even just doing a short or something <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but i feel like yeah you know eventually um everything will everything will spark and then you'll have more people that than you want probably <laughs> more people paying attention than, than you can handle but yeah right. just keep going never give up never surrender true true well i want to thank all of you and i especially you i want to thank you um alexis for being a part of um this empowering journey and and being on the show today i really really do um you know that means a lot you know take your take time out of your day to um you know just to be on here and, and help inspire other people and you know, that's what counts and uh, makes a difference, you know, for sure. Amen. Um, I, I I agree. For sure, for sure. And again, I, I want to thank you. And I, I, I really want to, um, you know, for one of, for my next podcast coming up, I definitely still want to have you um, hopefully be a part of my show. Um, and for the listeners, uh, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to um, to the podcast today. Um, don't forget it if you liked it to like, share, and subscribe to the show. Um, and without, um, I guess that's all there is to say. <laughs> um, but this was a very good time. I had I had a very very good time. Um, you know, interviewing you and and getting to talk to you and Aww. that that was really awesome and one of probably one of my favorite favorites because this is probably and the longest I've I've been on. So I actually um, oh yeah, I you gotta stop me. You. Oh, but Thank I you. Yeah, you gotta stop me. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be going through the shows, and I'll just be like, you know, I'm not gonna say like everyone's just, you know, not everybody will will be so, um, I guess, um, enthusiastic and just so, you know. So then it kind of gets not, I wouldn't say boring, but then again, I'm just like, you know, I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's time, you know. But I, I enjoy. <laughs> I absolutely enjoyed it because you know you give so much character and into the to the show and I I I love that and you know yeah like I said it was a pleasure um, having you on the show. Oh, thank sure. you, thank you I so wanna... much. I honestly I always I always feel honored with anyone wants to talk to me. You know what I mean? So it's just like I don't you know I I could have been a snob and been like oh you got to have a certain amount of shows under your belt before, but I nah you know it's like. Maybe it's your first show. I I'm down if you want, if you're down, you know, <laughs> like, right. I'll help you out, you know, it's all good. So I'm, I'm really, I look forward to seeing what happens in the future, Jojo. So I'm, Thank you I'm, so I got much. my eye on you. Don't <laughs> let me down. <laughs> Thank you so much for sure. If um, you're, Alexis, you're welcome. Alexis, if any, if listeners want to learn more about you and your films, how could they do that? 
Well, I just uh, put a whole bunch of links on my uh, elect.com website, and that's A-E-H-L-E-X.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alexis, and you have a great day. And until next time, guys. Yes, you too. Have a happy holidays, and we'll be in touch. Have a For great sure. uh, holiday season, every, everyone. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Bye. Bye. Bye.